Hi there, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. The date is January 12th, the year 2020. I don't know what uh, astrological sign that year is. Johnny, do you have any idea? I know we're entering the year of the rat. The year of the rat? Yes. It's my least favorite Cat Stevens song. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so the Nationals this week, early this week, pretty much seems like they concluded their offseason. They added two more pieces. They re-signed Daniel Hudson, two years and $11 million, and they brought in Eric Thames, a year and $3 million with a mutual option for... 2021 with a buyout of 1 million so that's a guarantee of 4 million so that leaves them uh essentially without a regular third baseman uh it could be carter key boom if he steps up in spring training but as of now uh they have decided to fill the hole of anthony rendon by not filling it how do you feel about that i mean i don't love it it's what happens sometimes when your plan A doesn't work out, then your plan B doesn't work out, and then your plan C doesn't work out, and then you're stuck with plan D. And that's what happened with the Nats this year. I, I It seems like they tried to work out a deal with Donaldson. For some reason, he still isn't signed yet, even though it looks like he doesn't have many other series probably outside of the uh, Braves, uh, with the Twins pretty much, you know, by their extending Cano, uh, not Cano, Sano. Uh, earlier this week, although it wasn't like a huge deal or anything. Yeah, I don't um, think that's that's really not. I and mean, the the plan for them was to move Sano over to first if they yeah. signed Donaldson anyway. Anyway, but Donaldson seemed like Plan B. Although for the Nats, it seemed like their plans were either Plan A, sign Strasburg, and a third different third baseman. There's never really was a place for signing Strasburg and Rendon in the Nats' plans, which I know you will get uppity about, but. Uppity. Uppity. Jesus Christ. What is this, like an insult from 1955? Yes. Okay. Um, but in terms of all plans considered, I mean, probably plan C was Moustakis who moved early. Plan D is just signing a bunch of veterans. And the Nats certainly didn't cheap out in doing this. They they spent a lot of money. They're one of the biggest spenders in the offseason. Uh, well, secondary that Yankees. Is true, but I mean, a lot of that is Steven Strasburg. Their payroll next year is going to be $11 million less than it was this year. But, you, I mean, I don't I don't know for sure the Nats are completely done. I could still see them maybe adding another reliever. They, uh, you know, they still have to add a first baseman. It'll probably be Zim, probably for cheap. But I don't know if it still will be $11 million cheaper by the end of the offseason. We're still in January. Um... But so, the point still remains that they won the World Series. Uh, wait. Wait, 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 Doc, you're telling me? Yeah. The, the 2019, Nationals. wait, what happened? I, I missed this. I was in a coma for the last eight months. Cool. Last wait, I, who have I been recording the podcast with? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. The Washington Nationals did win the 2019 World Series, uh, and that's great. It was awesome. Uh, there are times when I'm just sitting at home, and uh, I'm staring at a piece of memorabilia, and I'm like, oh my god, how the hell did that happen? 
but at the same time, they won the World Series. Uh, you get a huge bump in revenue from that. Uh, and at the very best, their payroll next year is going to be flat. Uh, I mean, is it? they were already the fourth highest payroll team in baseball, but at the same time, they are the only team in baseball that got this size of a revenue jump because they're the only team in baseball that won the World Series, uh, and they've chosen to not reinvest that at all back into the product, which is disappointing. I don't think that's necessarily the most fair thing to say. I think this they, they're doing, I don't know, when in the past has a team who's won the World Series continued to add in the offseason, like like the way that you want them to. It doesn't happen that often, even though, yes, they do get this big windfall. And yes, ideally... The you'd Royals like to... in 2015-16 increased their payroll by about $20 million, including... Well, that's because they had a lot of free agents, I guess. Yeah. And how that turned a... out for them, so... No, they're... Mm. I mean, it didn't turn out well, but that's... The point I'm trying to make is not, what, that, that spending money is a bad idea? Is that your no, argument? It's not that spending money is a bad idea. No, it's not that spending money is a bad idea. It's that the the Cubs I don't and Astros know. have I, all I, seen sizable payroll increases since they've won the World Series. Uh, the Nats payroll has increased steadily for the past. I mean, except when when they went over the the luxury tax. I don't know. The Nats have run one of the highest payrolls in baseball for the past five years. That is true. And I I'm still going to be in the top five or six next year. I it's I, I know it's disappointing this is the result of the offseason is coming down to plan D but I I not Josh Donaldson is still out there. And he There's, could still be on the Nats radar. We don't know yet. I I get the sense from interviews with Rizzo, the ones that took place at Nats Fest that they will be happy to get Donaldson if he falls into their lap. I don't get the sense that they've completely withdrawn their offer. But at the same time, they are completely planning on proceeding without him. They're not going to exceed the offer to get a deal done. As to why Donaldson isn't signed right now, I feel like the answer has to be that we've been getting misinformation from the media. Because if he really does have a four-year, $100-plus million deal from the Braves, and he's really holding out as his suitors fall off one by one, it doesn't make any sense. He should be signed right now. Uh, mm -hmm. So I just yeah, I I get this. I get the sense that the Braves offer isn't what we've been told it is. But yeah. at the same time, you know, the Nats are spending $10 million less as of now than they were last year, and they are a markedly worse team than they were last year. And from an objective perspective, it's hard to be hard not to be disappointed by that. Well, here's the thing. Here's where I'll stand, is that we've talked about this in the past, that the Nationals this year, or in 2019, were an 100 win team on paper with a 50 win team with with a 50 win bullpen. Huh. And they've done something to shore up their bullpen by I would say 10 games at least. Uh, with I mean, you have a back end of Sean Doolittle, Will Harris has been one of the best relievers in baseball over the past 5 years and Daniel Hudson who's excellent for us last year. You know, that was a great I think, you know, it was a good signing for the price it was. And I think if you're not going to spend money on a third baseman, shoring up your bullpen is a good way to go. So the Daniel Hudson re-signing was a good move. Um, and now you have a nine, uh, seven, eight, nine, where you don't really have to worry anymore about who you're going in 
putting in. And you still have Rainey, who could maybe be something. Suero, who could maybe be something. I don't know. It, it, it solves a lot of the problems the Nats had in the early parts of the season when they really struggled. And, it, you know, the problem is, is that the Nats don't necessarily have a lineup now that can do what the lineup did in July, August, and so on. So I think people are underrating the moves that the Nets have made as a bullpen. Uh, I think people are saying, oh, it's the same bullpen that they had in August, except that it's got Will Harris in it. Well, first of all, Will Harris is statistically a top 10 reliever in the past five years. This isn't like they added some schlub. Uh, Second of all, the Nets' bullpen with, with Hudson and Doolittle was good enough to, I mean, obviously to win the World Series, that's not really a fair evaluation because only Hudson and Doolittle pitched. But the point is that, you know, that the bullpen did get better with the addition of Hudson when they had two arms as opposed to one. And now they've got three arms as opposed to two. Plus, it's not even true that they've just added Hudson and, uh, and Harris. They did make those trades... In, in July, where they added uh, Strickland and they added Elias, and they've got uh, Suero and they've got Rainey. Uh, and, and this Selena, is a completely different bullpen than it was at the start of 2019. Exactly right. Outside of Doolittle and Suero, are yeah. the only guys left from April of 2019. Uh, and, you know, the that trade, those trades were talked about, the Elias and Strickland trade were talked about in terms of swapping out Terra bad for mediocre. I don't see any reason to, you know, believe that. I mean, it's hard to tell what you're going to get from Stricken, but at least with Elias, there's no reason to believe he won't be able to give you mediocre. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you're doing. You're replacing terrible with mediocre. Uh, and you've got Rainey and Suero, who have both shown signs of maybe being more than mediocre, uh, at, at least in stretches. There's no way that with the arms that you have, that you're going to have to ride Suero as much as you did last year. And I, I think that's a major reason why he struggled. He pitched way more than any person should have to pitch as a reliever, uh, especially someone who is you know, pretty clearly mediocre. Uh, it's not like they were riding Mariano Rivera, uh, cutter aside. But the Nets have three good to great pieces, uh, you know, depending on how you feel about Hudson, who's probably slightly above average. Uh, they've got a bunch of other interesting or possibly better pieces, and I don't see any reason why this couldn't be a top-half bullpen next year. I agree. And so moving your t- bullpen from 29th to 30th to top-half bullpen is a huge leap for the team. Mm-hmm. Now... And I also do like the pieces that the Nats have added. I, I love the Tame signing for the price. It was great. Fantastic. And the Cabrera signing for the price was great too. Castro maybe was a little bit of an overpay. But, you know, Kendrick, the, the guys that the Nats have brought in. I, I don't think that Castro was an overpay so much as it was the wrong player for that price. I would have much rather had Cesar Hernandez, who can play shortstop, over Castro. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, and both of them got six million a year. So, yeah, but I think Hernandez. Well, I guess I don't know. 
We don't know. It's kind of hard. The problem was Hernandez signed before they decided to execute Plan D. Yeah. Uh, and so they didn't really have a choice, and Castro was the only guy left. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see them. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I don't know. It, it's probably time to give Andrew Stevenson some run as a fifth outfielder. Yeah. Uh, I think so too. I think with the way the lineup construction works. I think he's a perfect fit for the 26th man spot. I don't know. They do need another left-handed bat. And he did, I mean, very limited small sample size. I mean, he hit great in AAA, but that's, I think you can throw all those stats out the window. I think AAA stats last year are junk. Uh, But he did show in like 30 plate appearances at the major league level that he at least was able to have good at-bats, even if they didn't always end well. Uh, yeah, he batted like three thirty three or something like that. He did. Uh, he didn't show a ton of power. I don't no, think no, he no, has no. any power. But uh, like, you know, I, I don't think there was a better fourth outfielder for the price available than Michael A. Taylor. No, there's nostalgia at play. Uh, it's just it was a very and still is a very weak outfield market. The truth is, none of the outfielders have signed yet. Uh, at least none of the the top two guys. Uh, Shogo Akiyama has signed. He's he's a red now. Uh, but obviously Ozuna is still out there. Castellanos is still out there. Uh, you know, as you've said a couple times, the Nats could consider as a plan E, maybe taking no. one of those guys. It, it seems like willing to move to first, the last guy they'll sign is Donaldson. I could see like them maybe adding another depth that. guy. I don't know. But it seems like from here now that the plan going forward is pretty much leaving a spot open for Carter Kipu, uh, probably at third. Uh, do you, and where do you feel about that as the kind of the set plan as of now? I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's a great plan, uh, but uh, it's hard for me to evaluate Carter Kipu. I've never, you know, really other than the 11-game stretch where he was terrible in the major leagues. I haven't watched him play. His stats at AAA, obviously very good last year. Uh, the Nats seem to believe in him. And generally, when the Nats believe in a position player, they're not wrong. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just I would prefer Donaldson with... I mean, the truth is that Keeboom will have a spot at second base... None of the players they've acquired will actually block him at second. Uh, but I, I would much feel much more comfortable with a a suitable replacement for Rendon at third uh, than taking a chance on Kiboom to be that guy. Uh, and I think your point that the Nationals have fixed their bullpen by and large is well taken, but I don't think that that plus the improvements they've made elsewhere, equals the 6-7 wins that they're losing with Rendon. No, I don't think so either. Well, I don't know. I have this feeling in my head that the Nats' bullpen, early season, I don't have like... I've went through and counted and all this, but like it's not definitive or anything. They cost them about 10 games early on the season. In the first 50. Right. Yeah. Obviously, that's not how war works, and that's not really how you know no. you should conceive of a bullpen. And yeah. with with this bullpen, with just Harris and just um, uh, Hudson, I think we win five more of those games. 
I think you don't have this rotating. Sure. And this is again going from the worst bullpen to a, a league average bullpen. So it's a little bit different than replacing Rendon with the war. And I don't think the moves that the Nats made will replace him. But what I'm saying is I don't think the Nationals their lineup looks a little dreary and I you know, there's not much we can do. I mean sign Donaldson, yes. But you know, the lineup doesn't look great. But in terms of bullpen and rotation, I mean I think the Nats have a top five pitching staff from A to B, from uh, rotation to bullpen. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that the Nats had a ton of injury luck really all last year. They had a ton, after May 23rd, basically everything that could go right went right, except for Max Scherzer's injury. And even with Scherzer's injury... He was a six-win player as opposed to a seven-win player. Uh, so in terms of, of pitching luck, they had Corbin throw 200 innings. They had Strasburg throw 200 innings. They had three pitchers that were over five-win pitchers. I mean, they had Anibal Sanchez give them almost four wins. Uh, obviously, war is reductive in this, but I, I'm more talking about it's less the innings that they got from those guys and more of the innings they didn't have to get from their replacements that I'm thinking about. Uh, and I just, I don't think you can count on uh, a combination of, what was it? Uh, 200, 200, 180, uh, 160. So that's uh, 700 740 innings that they got from those four guys. I don't think you can count on that. And but uh, if you can't count on that, then signing Rendon probably doesn't matter anyway. If you're that's not true. If I don't know, I don't think if you can't ride have a rotation that's strong enough. I mean, I guess that worked for one month in July when the Nats were down Scherzer, um, and they were able to pick up the pieces with with Voth and Fetty and Ross. But I don't know if you're not thinking that you can get innings out of your your. Your, your rotation, then I don't know really how much Rendon or Donaldson... That's not the point. The point is the Nats are getting worse on offense. They're worse on paper as a team, maybe only marginally so. Uh, but that's considering the incredible luck they got, first of all, from basically their entire offensive roster being healthy all season after May, and B, the incredible luck that they got with their pitching staff. Uh, so if you sort of regress those two things to the mean, by not signing Rendon, they've taken away a lot of their margin for error. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my I'm main saying. issue, too, with this, is that they signed a lot of guys who hit last year, Cabrera, Kendrick, um, and they're resting a lot of them that they'll do it again next year for us. And sure. that's that's the issue that therein lies with me, is that you don't know you're you're expecting a lot from these guys, and they're old veterans who, yeah, you can build a team off them, but I don't know how wise it is to have them as pretty much your full roster at this point. Well, here's the thing that gets to me. I would say on paper. The, the Nats are probably an 88-win team right now. They won 93 last year. The bullpen's better. There's no Rendon. There's no replacement at third. 
and assuming regular injury luck, as opposed to the injury luck they got last year, I'd say they're about an 88-win team. Mm -hmm. Now, if the Braves win, or if the Braves get Josh Donaldson, which I still have no reason to believe that they won't, given that they're pretty much the only suitor at this point, uh, if they get Josh Donaldson, then is 88 wins going to be close to winning that division? I just don't see it. The Braves have gotten better uh, in every way, and they've brought back the same offensive core they had last year. Uh, and they won 97 games last year. Uh, I just I don't see 88 wins as being competitive in this division. Obviously, it could be enough for a wild card spot. Uh, I I wouldn't and and the truth is that the Nets are next year going to be a little lower variance in terms of offense because uh, a they're going to be less reliant on stars, which means you know if the stars get hurt, uh, obviously you know if Rendon or Soto had missed significant time last year, the Nats would have been screwed. This year, it's pretty much just Soto. If any of their ancillary pieces get hurt, they've got a guy to replace them who's almost as good. Uh, but at the same time, not having stars means something. The Nets have essentially one guy in their lineup to be afraid of, and that's and that's Juan Soto. Uh, and like I said, I, I see this as an 88-win team next year, and I just don't see that being particularly good enough in this division. Not with the Mets, not with the Phillies probably going to play better next year and not with the Braves who are returning a 97 win team that got better in the off season. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still a lot of off season left and I think, you know, you, you build a roster, you build a lineup in January and you're making a mistake because there's still so much time left in the off season. Who knows what the, I, I don't think there is a ton of, of there's still two months. You don't know. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I think, a lot of these things are assumed. I don't know. I'm not optimistic they're going to add anyone else, but I would be. It would be silly just to count them out for everything. Okay, but assuming that this is it, other than Zimmerman, who I fully expect that they'll resign sometime in the next week or so. Sure. Uh, I I'm not not at all concerned that that's not going to happen. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think. I don't know. I think this is like. I wouldn't say it's worst case scenario because the Nationals did add pieces. The worst case scenario is them letting Rendon walk and saying, "Well, that was it. We got our World Series. Let's not try again." They're trying. The worst case scenario is them missing out on Rendon and Strasburg. Yes, and just kind of saying, "Well, we won you this World Series. Let's just kind of see what we can do next year with much less payroll." Now the payroll is going to be lower, but you know, ten million dollars lower. It's not. It's a yeah. huge dip. I, I think you I think you have a good point that it's not only not substantially lower, it's not intentionally yeah. lower. They didn't come into this offseason trying to cut payroll. No. I think it's just what happened when Right. Because they were aggressive on Donald. I mean they were in on Donaldson. They were in on I mean, we don't know about Rendon. I don't know how that situation played out. I'm not really blaming the Nats for how it played out. I don't know. It's a weird Rendon was I don't know. But um I think there's still some pieces out there. I mean, Frazier signed today, which I thought would have been if the Nats were really fully in on this plan D, which they are. Frazier would have been another good piece to add for the price that he was. Right. Um, 
but he went to the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, that was their big hitting or offensive acquisition. Todd Frazier. Yeah, yes. I mean, they got Kluber, so it wasn't a complete waste of an offseason. No, but they were planning up, gearing up to do something big. Yeah, they're clearly not going to contend in 2020. No. It's just weird, you know, all these, you know, Rendon, uh, all this, uh, you know, the Rangers added Kluber, a lot of high talent going to big to teams, and they probably still might not make the World Series, or make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's always good to add. I don't know. I, I think that maybe winning in and of itself is probably a nice aim. Just mm-hmm. winning more games than you won last year or winning as many games as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's just the Angels have a depressing roster. Yeah. Uh, to have that many $30 million contracts and not be coming. I mean, I, I, I don't see them, even as the Astros have gotten worse and the Angels have gotten better, I'm hard-pressed to see them coming within 15 games of them. Yeah. Uh, um, one more thing I wanted to quickly talk about just popped in my head. Yeah. Uh, so MLB Network is doing their top 10 players in uh, by position breakdown. And guess who was the number one left fielder in baseball? I, I saw. It was Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Um, I think it's, you know, this playoff run was great for a lot of reasons. But I think one of the core after effects is going to be next year just right. seeing Soto, you know, now on the national stage, everyone knows who Juan Soto is in baseball, right. kind of seeing his, his star rise. Yeah. I think that's going to be a really cool, cool part of next season is kind of seeing him, you know, hopefully he doesn't regress with no protection, but I think, I don't know, but I think he, I mean, he'll be an all-star next year, finally, which he should have been for the past two years, but right. I'm not mad or anything. Uh, he might even start the All-Star game next year. Um, I would love to see him in the Home Run Derby because I think he'd do great in it and be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to be really cool. I oh, think and the Home I... Run Derby would be in uh, Dodger Stadium. The site oh, yeah, he's used to longest it. Longest ever home Can run. Can he have Clayton Kershaw pitch to him? Exactly right. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's going to be a really cool effect next year, kind of seeing Juan Soto become this star. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously Scherzer and Strasburg already were pretty well-known national figures. Uh, and then we Soto, had Harper before. Right. I mean, Rendon had his coming out and then decided he didn't want any more of it, and now he's in the most anonymous place in the world, mm-hmm. uh, where even if you're the greatest player baseball's ever seen, you can disappear. Uh, and uh, I, I think Soto's the guy whose star rose the most, from that postseason run, uh, mm-hmm. who's still on the team, so it'll be fun. Uh, yes. One last thing I'd like to say. Uh, with regards to the 88 wins, probably not you know on paper being good enough for the division, this team regressing a little bit, maybe not even making the playoffs, it's hard for me to get mad about any of that, to be completely honest. like I know I sounded like a downer all throughout this, but the truth is, like... They won the World Series, man. It's hard to get mad about anything. The fact that hey, you were the one complaining. I I think I wasn't complaining. What I was trying to say is that yes, they're an eighty-eight win team on paper. They have gotten worse. They haven't tried to replace Rendon. They've struck out on all their replacements. They their Plan D strategy of of signing all these guys makes them a worse team. But at the same time, this team should still be plenty fun 
to enjoy the afterglow of a World Series. Like this they is They want to FaceTime Para into the dugout. It's adorable. Sanchez is still hugging uh, Strasburg, giving him hugs that are he said two hugs that made him borderline uncomfortable. Uh, and oh, that's the way I like my Steven Strasburg. Uncomfortable. Exactly. Well, not on the mound if, with the icy hot. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is still a perfectly acceptable team to run a victory lap for a World Series win. Uh, yeah. The truth is, you know, with the Nats getting older, uh, you know, even if they brought back everybody. Uh, they basically did, outside of Rendon. Outside of Rendon, they did. Outside of Rendon and Para, who's going to have an awesome time in Japan. He'll uh, enjoy it. I really just basically would prefer that his the entire 20 season, 2020 season be replaced and canceled with his Instagram story as he goes through Japan. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know... Even if the Nats had the exact same team that they had in 2019, the truth is, you know, the Nats are getting older. Uh, I sound like I'm talking about my dog, but uh, <laughs> they're the, slowing down a little bit. Slowing, they can't jump as high as they used to. Uh, no, I mean it's it's an older team. You know, as much as we hate to talk about windows, you know, the Nats have had this amazing eight-year run of contention. Uh, they're trying to replenish. You know, they're doing what they can, uh, but the the core is you know it's based on old pitching, and old pitching can give out at any time. And there's no guarantee that the Nets were going to get, like I said, 740 innings from uh, four pitchers who are 30 years older or 30s years or older. Uh, you know, there's no guarantee that. You know, even if the Nats have you know signed Donaldson, that they're going to be. What I'm trying to say is, you know, don't take last year for granted and enjoy everything you get this year, because uh, last year was so much fun. Uh, and you know, this year, if you take the approach that anything less than you know 93 wins and another playoff spot and another postseason run. Uh, is a disappointment. If you take that, then you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh, but if you just try and enjoy this year as the sort of halo effect afterglow of a amazing postseason run and a World Series that none of us will ever forget, you'll be a lot happier. I feel like I forgot the World Series every week. And I'm for- constantly reminded of it. Yeah, it's something like that. I- I'm very mm-hmm. concerned about you. Uh, you may have early onset World Series related dementia. I actually have that thing that um, they had in Fifty First States. You mean having to share a bed with Adam Sandler? Yeah, I'm so terrible. sorry. That is terrible. It is terrible. Uh, yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah. I I just think you know enjoy this season. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it's gonna be fun as long as you allow it to be fun. Uh. Don't get too hung up on it. Uh, yeah. And again, no matter what, the Washington Nationals won the 2019 World Series. They certainly did. Yep. And on that note, we will leave you guys for another week. Yep. Or maybe longer. Yes. I don't know. It kind of seems like the Nats are done. So. Yeah, the Josh Donaldson saga could stretch on until, who knows, March. Yeah. But if it ends... We'll come back to you. If the Nets do something interesting, we'll 
do this again. But if not, uh, this could be it for a while. Yeah. But uh, we'll see you when we see you. See you when we see you.